Well, hello there and welcome to Cat Pick Fridays. I think I immediately hit the microphone. Well done me. Welcome to Cat Pick Fridays. It is Friday for you at least. For me it's actually Thursday. That's how those things work because I'm not doing this live yet at least. And right off the bat, I want to say thank you for your response to the Cat Pick Fridays going podcast mode. And I've actually seen like some listens on the podcast networks, which was great. I think I was like up, uh, let me quickly check. I think it was up like 200, 300% or something like that, which is honestly not that much. But yeah, 275% increase in listens, uh, which I guess is kind of skewed in the sense that I hadn't published anything in weeks, in months actually. And yeah, the response for the longer version of the Cat Pick Fridays has been good. I think people felt it made a lot of sense. And listening back to that podcast, I actually kind of agree. So yeah, thank you so much for your response. It was really, really cool to see that. And I think I'll keep doing this. I'm still kind of practicing to work out some of the details to make this a live thing. And I actually did an improvised podcast, not podcast, sorry, live stream on YouTube on Wednesday this week where I just got a pedal and decided to unbox it and try it out live on YouTube. And that was fun. Again, kind of working out a lot of details to make this show live and maybe start just live streaming more in general. Time is, again, a bit of an issue for me because of my time zone, but I'll work it out as well at some point. We'll see what I can do. And I'll also try to design both these Cat Pick Fridays episodes and the possible upcoming live streams in a way where they are not as time sensitive in the sense that if you are not able to attend them live, there's no like value for you watching them I'll try to design them in a way where they're still fun and interesting, even if you watch them like on Sunday or next week or something like that. And I could see myself doing a bunch of uh, recording sessions, a bunch of mixing sessions on those live streams, for example. That would be a lot of fun. Sharing everything I know about mixing and recording and stuff like that with you people. And hopefully you'll get something positive out of it. And... I've noticed in the past that people tuning in have actually left great comments on their mixing tricks and I've learned on those streams as well. So yeah, I could see myself doing that in the future as well. What else? What else? Yes, I need to remind you that if you want to see, not see, hear this Catpick Studios thing as a podcast, check out all of the podcast platforms out there. Just search for the Catpick Studios podcast, and it's there. And I'm also started to work on the Master the Basic series again. Uh, for those who don't know what it is, it's basically a audio slash interview series. Audio slash interview series, whatever that means. <laughs> it's that I have a guest on each of the episodes, and that guest teaches us something about music that will help you improve on your musical journey, whether it's like how to prepare for a gig, how to play slide guitar, how to write instrumental songs that are interesting. Uh, one of the episodes discusses fuzz pedals and stuff like that. And I'm working to get more guests on the show. I think I'll be turning that into slightly more like free form discussion type of thing. So it's not a lecture or anything like that. 
But yeah, I'm trying to contact a lot of people who are experts in different fields to provide you more episodes for that show as well. So stay, stay tuned for that story I'm rambling right now. And yeah, this week has been busy again, bunch of stuff happening. And I think we could actually right away jump to the random positive thing because positive things have again happened this week. This week's random positive thing is, well, more progress on the Jazzmaster project. I was at the workshop this week. The timeline for you is a little bit skewed because the previous episode took like two weeks for me to release since I was there, I think roughly at least. But yeah, I was there this week again and we made some great progress. But we also launched my custom gas guitar works project. And that video should be up by the time this episode goes live or I'll release them simultaneously if I don't do it other or like if I don't have time to put it together today, basically, which is Thursday. You're watching slash listening to this on Friday. I think basically I'll try to get that launch video out. There's not much like vlog type of thing happening yet because we just started the project during my trip to the workshop and what's basically happening is Pekka, the luthier at Gas Guitar Works, is going to build me a custom Gas Guitar Works guitar which is this kind of offset type of thing. He has his own offset design which is really cool, it's kind of a slimmed down jazz master but not really, it's its kind of own thing. What I'm trying to say is like, yeah, it's a really cool looking guitar and I get to choose the specs for it. And actually during the Jazzmaster build time, we kind of got sidetracked by like checking out all of the different tops for those guitars and stuff like that. And all like tops for my upcoming guitar. It was really, really fun. So yeah. Check out the build launch video for that and you'll find more info about the guitar. You can actually see a picture of that guitar, like a mock-up of that guitar in that video as well. And I'll take you through some of my like top selecting process or like he has a collection of crazy, crazy looking tops for guitars. And he's like actually like a wood collector, I guess. Like he loves that, like getting exotic woods or getting like 200 year old table that's made out of mahogany and you can suddenly make like guitar necks out of that cool stuff so yeah more info on that on my youtube channel as well i think that actually like sums it up pretty well like yeah custom offset guitar in kind of a i'm kind of aiming for a thicker tone maybe like less polish but it will still be like a bolt-on neck stuff like that if you're interested Check out that video, I'll put it in all of the descriptions that are possible to work on different platforms. So yeah, check that out and let's talk about my best gig next. My best gig has to be the thing we did at Rocking 1000, this was uh, not 2020 because 2020 was the lockdown year. So 
the summer of 2019. Uh, so the story goes as following. In 2019, Hughes and Ketnep uh, launched this pedalboard amp called uh, Black Spirit 200 Floor, I think. A lot of you people are probably familiar with that thing is or like familiar with the Black Spirit product range. They have a head, a combo, and a floor amp. And I was incredibly fortunate to be one of the people invited to the launch event. We went there in July 2019, and I got to hang out with a bunch of amazing people, make new friends, see old friends. We created some content there and just, you know, created promotional videos to do like a big launch of the whole thing. And after that event, we actually attended, with the help of Hughes and Ketna, we attended this thing called Rocking 1000. And the basic idea is that a bunch of people come to a place. This, I think, was in Frankfurt in Germany. And we basically attended this uh, concert where we'd play a lot of like rock classics and just covers basically 20 something songs and there was thousand of us like roughly 1000 of us there which is absolutely insane like four five hundred guitar players like at least hundred bass guitar players like maybe hundred drummers singers keyboard players stuff like that like pure insanity in every single sense. There's some sort of video on my channel. It's not best production value, but you can hear like, for example, what the rehearsals for that thing sound like when 400 guitar players play, like smelt like teen spirit at the same time. It's worth something. Let's put it that way. And yeah, it was a really, really fun thing. It's slightly frustrating as well. Like <laughs> the Italian guys who are organizing it, um, they have a, an interesting style of kind of trying to lead the whole thing. It wasn't like best organized event ever. Sometimes we like were told to gather at the arena we were playing at to practice, and then we would spend like an hour or even I think we one time spent like two hours waiting for the rehearsals to actually start, which was really really frustrating. And then we also were at. Um, at the gym well we were at germany which means like yeah, on sundays everything closes and we couldn't get like any food anywhere around the arena which was crazy and yeah that was also a problem there that time and yeah even though it wasn't like perfect in that sense uh the gig itself was freaking amazing playing in that gigantic band with a bunch of my friends uh, around me, behind me, somehow I ended up in the front row of the guitar players or like guitar, I think we were guitar left. And yeah, that was amazing. Oh, by the way, I should mention like the way that whole thing is coordinated is that uh, everyone gets a pair of wireless headphones and we get like our own mixed track into that uh, headphones. Like we were guitar left so not only we would hear like maybe like a click track there, but we would also hear like uh, when we are supposed to come in and when we're supposed to not play and when the, like when the song starts and stuff like that. So like there would be like song starts, smells like teen spirit, one, two, three, four, and then we would start and there would be click playing into our ears and 
yeah, basically like all of the songs were prearranged and we were told to learn different parts of those songs. And yeah, that's how it worked. And I mean, based on like some of the video clips I've seen online and weird enough, they don't post that much online from those gigs, which I kind of don't get, honestly. Uh, it just sounded actually like better than you would think. Like thousand musicians sounds like a bad idea, but this actually sounds kind of cool. And what's even weirder is that I think we had like 23,000 people watching us there, <laughs> which is absolutely ridiculous. I don't know if I would personally pay to see that kind of gig, but a lot of people want to see it. And I mean, I guess it's a fun show, like 20 something rock classics, huge band and yeah. Just the whole experience was such amazing that I consider that my best gig so far at least. Just because it was so much fun hanging out with friends and playing those rock classics in front of a lot of people. And Houston Ketna took so great care of us as well. Such great care, something like that in English uh, that my grammar cannot handle right now. But yeah, I think it's easily one of my best gigs or like my best gig i just have very warm memories of the gig even though stuff happened after that event or like a few months after stuff happened uh, people got fired and i don't see myself working with that company anymore like most likely they, they won't be working with me anymore but that's how it goes sometimes the event itself was amazing, the gig was amazing, and again, there's a video explaining the whole thing in more detail. I'll put the link below in the description if you want to check it out. Sorry for the audio quality on that video, I don't remember why I was recording it like that. Last week we talked about uh, my LTD EC1000, which was my heavy metal guitar with EMG pickups and stuff like that. Like that uh, kind of LP type style, style, LP type and style turned into the word type. Les Paul type of guitar. And the next guitar I remember getting after that was Chapman ML1. Yes, I've owned a Chapman guitar. And this was in Rob Chapman's early years where he kind of built an audience with videos, I think, that well, well, the videos were good at the time. Let's put it that way. And he decided to do this kind of community designed guitar thing. I remember answering some of his polls, like what type of guitar people want to have. And that's how ML1 came to be. And I just had to get one. I really wanted to try it out. No way you could try one out here in Finland because there was no like distribution happening at the time. You could just order it from Andertons, I think, and that's it. And I decided to get one. It wasn't like too expensive or anything like that. And I gotta say, I wasn't a huge fan of that guitar. Like the build quality was fine. My guitar at least was incredibly heavy, like super, super heavy, like heaviest guitar I've probably owned. And I don't remember if I ended up returning it. Probably not because Anderton's return policy, even when they were still part of EU, UK that is, was bad. Like really bad. It, you would easily pay like 50, 60 euros just to ship it back. So compared to something like Toman, they were not up to the game. 
in that sense. So I think I just sold it on a Finnish musician's forum instead. And I don't remember too much about the guitar. It was like, hey, this sounds pretty cool. It feels okay to play. The build quality is fine. But ah, if you ever had like a guitar that's just uncomfortably heavy, that's one of those guitars. Maybe like because it's a cheaper guitar and they were still kind of setting out the factories and stuff to like start mass producing the guitars. I think right now they're like producing crazy amount of guitars. That was the first one and it wasn't that good, honestly. Like it wasn't up to like anything else you could get in that price range like Squires or whatever else was available at that time. This has to be like 10 years ago probably. I don't remember exactly the timeline. No, actually more than 10 years ago. It has to be more than 10 years ago because I was still living in my student like one room apartment. So has to be over 10 years ago. So imagine how much stuff has changed since then. Chapman guitars has become like a big thing since then. But at that time, it wasn't good. Let's put it that way. Simple as that, really. I don't know why I'm rambling so much about this. Questions and comments. Apples and Oranges asks on the new X Atlantic delay and reverb review. Does this make any swooshing noise or oscillating, oscillating, I guess is what he's meaning, noise when in use or not in use more specifically? Every time I buy a budget pedal, it always has some sort of interface noise that I don't want. Hope to hear from you soon. I think this is a great question and I'm actually going to expand this topic a little bit by mentioning that the first thing I asked this person was what kind of power supply they have and the response was one spot. And I'm going to go on a little rant about power supplies and how people completely ignore the importance of those. I've had one spot for many years and while I think it's a fine power supply, I've also noticed that with some pedals that power supply is, is the reason why you are getting noises, swooshy things, squeals that are like I'm getting, stuff like that. There's something about that power supply where it's not that well shielded and it can actually cause the problems in your pedal board or with your pedal, not the pedal itself. Because I had the new X Atlantic and it's a good sounding pedal, good sounding re reverb and delay and I don't remember having any like noise issues with it because I was using a proper power supply. And that's the thing. People very often blame the pedal itself first. But I think the reality is that a lot of those pedals, and this can happen with more expensive pedals as well, actually reveal the issues you have with your power signal chain. Like They reveal the issues you have with your powering pedals or like what are you using to power your pedals i personally use chox dc7 right now i've used other power supplies as well by other manufacturers i think i've had actually like uh what's the company that produces one stop true tone i think i've had their iso brick or something like that that's a good power supply as well no issues with that either but like power supplies are one of those things that are incredibly boring to buy like it's if you have let's say 200 euros to spend on your guitar gear. Power supply might be the last thing 
you're thinking of. You might even like think about like new gig bag for your guitar and anything like that before you think about power supplies. But the thing is, once you get a good power supply, you're done. Like especially like power supplies nowadays can provide incredible amount of power for so so many pedals, and the prices are very decent. Let's say uh, I'm actually going to Google quickly how much, for example, that. Jox DC7 is as I'm talking here, and yeah, let's see, Jox uh, DC7. There you go, 239 euros at Thoman right now, and prices may vary depending on your country and the VAT. This thing has seven isolated outputs, and all of them can put out up to 660 milliamps and they also provide you a bunch of cables that allow you to like combine few outputs so you can power your HX stomps and stuff like that and actually with each output you can also select uh, between 9, 12, 15 and 18 volts that thing is crazy there's also a USB out that allows you to charge your iPad for example so get something like that this is in no way sponsored by Chucks or anything like that, but get a proper power supply once and you're done. All of your noise issues will be gone, like most of your noise issues will be gone immediately. And it makes such a difference when you don't have to spend like time troubleshooting where the noise is coming from, why is it squealing, like why is it feedbacking, anything like that. Proper power supplies make such a gigantic difference. And that's my lesson or gear lesson of the week. <laughs> Get a power supply that is properly isolated and gives you all the power your pedals need. And you will thank me later if you haven't done that already. Wait, no, that, I don't think that's how it goes, but I think you get the idea. Moving on to the next thing. Quicksilver on my previous Jazzmaster build vlog. You should build one and then give it away when you reach 10k subscribers. Haha. <laughs> I replied to you already, but I'm going to tell it to others as well. That is actually something that I've been thinking of, not building a custom guitar for someone and do a giveaway, because that's a bit too much work. Like it's too much work in the sense that it's too time consuming. I don't have time to do that much. But what I've been thinking of is like, I have a Harley Benton Telecaster over there in my closet. I'm pointing my fingers for the YouTube viewers, you know where my closet is. And what I've been thinking of is uh, taking that telly. I think it, like the woods on it are actually pretty decent. The frets on it are really soft and stuff like that. But what I'm thinking of is um, taking that guitar and like going crazy with modifications on it. Actually, I'm thinking of maybe like when, let's say, I reach 10k subs and we pick a winner. Maybe that winner could actually contact me and we would like design that guitar, like the other modifications with that person. And then I would go to the Gas Guitars workshop. I've talked to Pekka about this already. He was on board right away. Uh, we would just pimp that out as well as we possibly could. We'll get like proper hardware, proper pickups. We'll refret it with stainless steel frets. We'll do the finish the winner wants to have. Like, could be like just like gloss finish. Could be some crazy sunburst. Anything like that. We would do that for the winner. And yeah, 
I love the idea. Thank you so much. It's something that I've been thinking of. And I think this kind of confirms that, yes, that's something I want to do. Uh, just need to get the subscriber numbers up. You guys can help me with that by liking this video, other videos, commenting as well. Everything helps and all the help would be greatly appreciated as well. But yeah, thanks for this comment. I love it. Luis Vasquez on the previous Cat Pick Fridays video where I talked about the Fender Acoustasonic Lodge. In my opinion, everyone launching a video at the same time for the same thing is not that much of a good idea. That moment when I see all my favorite YouTubers talking about the same gear just makes me not to want to watch it, much less get that piece of gear. I watched yours because you didn't do a straight review, but posted the question on does it work for X application, which is way more interesting. Besides, there's not that much info on how to apply gear to worship as far as I have seen. Thanks, Louis. We actually discussed this with you in the comments a bit more, and I actually kind of agree. Seeing a flood of those videos in my feed uh, kind of works counterproductively. I kind of don't want to watch any of them. But on the other hand, as we discussed, I have no idea what's the solution for that would be. Like, do you, as a like as a brand, do you prioritize some of the YouTubers? Like, this is the first wave of those videos, this is the second wave of those videos, and the problem with that is, like, the bigger YouTubers would always get them because they have the subs and they get the views, and that would kind of create a bigger divide between the smaller and bigger YouTubers, I think, and also kind of create an unfair environment in that sense. Again, I completely agree on that... Uh, Having like 20 videos in your feed about the same thing feels kind of, ah, I don't know, I don't like it. But I honestly don't know how to do it otherwise. If someone else has any ideas, hit me up with a comment on YouTube, for example. And it's something that I'd love to discuss. Because right now, I feel this is something people do react negatively to. People don't like to see their feed just flooded with the same product. But I don't know how to do it otherwise, right now at least. Something that would be fair for everyone, because I, I love the fact that Fender wants to support smaller creators like me, for example. That's great. But I also feel like my video kind of drowned underneath everything else that was happening that day. Luckily, the video has been like just chugging along nicely since the release like I'm going to check has almost 600 views right now like it's getting views every single day it just like slowly getting more views there all the time and I think that's good so also seems to be bringing me some subscribers and stuff like that so it's doing well but like I don't think I benefited from that big wave of release or like I'm guessing Jazzmaster Acoustasonic was trending at the time uh, I don't feel I've benefited from that in any way, but that's the nature of the game, I, I guess. So, yeah, let's discuss what would be the solution for this. Right now, I have no idea. Watch it! Watch it! Watch it! Watch it! Watch it! Watch it! Video! It's not like you have anything else to do. This week's Weekend Watch recommendation is Adam Neely. And Ben Levin doing a 24-hour thing. Well, that was a bad description. Adam Neely and Ben Levin, 
two big YouTubers, music YouTubers out there, are doing a full album over 24 hours. And that thing is so much fun to watch. The guys are obviously incredibly talented, but they're also inviting a bunch of friends to write the album with them. And they're doing that for charity. And yeah, such an inspiring and fun video to watch. The 40 minutes or whatever that video length is just flies by so, so fast. Super fun stuff and just super inspiring as well. It's something that I could see myself doing as well at some point. Like it would be fun to do like an album or maybe just even one song in one sitting. And I don't think I'm able to do 24 hours right now with my family situation. But, you know, it would be so much fun. Like doing one song in one sitting or like in one day would be fun already. I think it requires quite a lot of organizing. And I noticed those guys had like invited a bunch of friends to do different things. And like everybody has like a good recording setup where they have everything ready. That's the key to make that happening. Like everybody has all the instruments and everything like ready and ready to go. And when, for example, they were sending tracks for a drummer, he had everything set up and he would just like play right away. And that's how you can make that work. Otherwise, I don't think it's possible. Uh, I might be getting electronic drums here in my studio, so that would actually help. Then I could record guitars, vocals, and drums here, and well, bass as well. Bass is the guitar, I guess. So and keyboards, obviously, as well. So that would actually be possible. Like we could do like challenges, like uh, let's write and record the whole song in two hours or something like that. That could could be fun. Like. That video inspired me to think about things like that and projects like this. And yeah, highly recommend it. A really, really fun watch. And that wraps up Cat Pick Friday's episode number eight. Thank you so much for watching slash listening. Links below to all kinds of stuff mentioned in this episode in the description, whether you're on podcast platforms or on YouTube. And stay tuned for some really fun videos pretty soon. Uh, I think singing gear demos might be making a comeback. Just a teaser. So, yeah, have a great weekend. Thank you so much for watching. Like, share, subscribe, uh, links, something like that in the description as well. Thanks. Have a great weekend. See you next time.